Hello, welcome to episode 38 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week we're going to talk about like the last two weeks of events in our lives. Yeah, we had a busy week at Atlanta and then came back and all the spoilers were done and we had to do our set review video and then we had pre-release and here we are. Yeah, we survived. As usual, uh, James has in the show notes, we're begging you for feedback. <laughs> uh, so you can get at us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. There's been a few people that have like, uh, when there's been a tweet that someone's put out like what's your favorite content mm-hmm. uh we show up in like tweets with some other people sweet uh, as well so that happened today nice so i think that was steve so yeah like if you like us and you want to like throw us in uh, yeah. at us on one of those like absolutely hey, this is who i listen to things yeah, we appreciate blast it us so out please there. please keep it up mm-hmm. uh you can also find us at casual tryhard mtg on facebook email us at show at casual tryhard mtg.com or find us on our YouTube channel, uh, Casual Tryhard MTG, and uh, we're working on maybe getting some gameplay videos going. Uh, no promises on how quick they're going to be. But. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out all the ins and outs of it. Yeah, uh, I have like a rough idea how to do it. Yeah, had a but, couple, couple people ask over uh, pre-release weekend if we were gonna had any plans for any uh, gameplay content. Yeah, so. so we could do like the idea is for us to like direct challenge each other with the yeah. archaic system that Wizards uses. And then, basically, you could be able to see one side of the matchup, mm-hmm. and then like partway through, we'd just like switch, yeah. so you could see the other side. Like maybe like one like best of three mm-hmm. on one side, and then switch, so you could see how both sides play out. Yep. And we could play like whatever the standard decks are, or we could try like command, uh, not commander brawl. brawl should be on arena. Yeah. Uh, this coming Thursday, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of excited for that. So. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be something other than grinding the ladder, which would be nice. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I haven't played a ladder match in forever. I haven't not since the standard twenty twenty event started. Yeah, I was like, yep, we're gonna do this. Yep, this is low stress. Yep, uh, fine with me. So sorry for the late episode. We went, uh, we did the video episode, and then uh, there were some issues in editing, which happens. Yeah, uh, I mean the video went super long anyway. Yeah, but we did get it out. I think we got it out like Saturday. Yep. So. It's there. Uh, so if it was a little late, sorry. Hopefully you were still like got some ideas of what to, to mm-hmm. grab at pre-release when you could. Yep. This week might not be much better. The students have me staying super late. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to get home to like eight the next two days. So That's awful. We'll get there. So yeah. So tell your friends. Yep. Also, maybe not this week, but starting like next week, we'll do uh, arena data again. Yeah. Super early in the season is the most important time to gather data. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys are interested at all in contributing or using our conclusions or whatever, um, do what you can to fill those sheets out for us. Cause the yeah. more data we get, the better the conclusions we can draw. I think after the SEG weekend, yeah. like that's when we're going to start to see what actually the metagame is. Like we had mm-hmm. like the two fandoms tournaments yeah, and it seemed like people coalesced around some things, but mm-hmm. just, uh, you know week zero sets not out yet standard right like we'll just let some we'll give it a little bit more time before we like start trying to figure out what's going on yeah at least we can use the scg as a guideline to fill in like, like what the metagame well, yeah what the metagame is yeah because like if you just look at like the the fandom tournaments have been like 16 players yeah so there's not that much deck diversity there right um also you guys should absolutely follow us on twitter that is kind of the ideal platform for sharing like deckless almost yeah 
I know you do a really good job of blasting out deck li- new and like exciting deck lists when you come across them. Yeah, I don't like I don't send out everything because yeah. like mono red with angry dwarf is like right. duh. Uh, <laughs> you put angry dwarf in, in mono red. Yeah. Uh, but like I tried to send out I sent out like the the dance of the man stack. Yep. Um, I sent out like a couple like I think a couple bant or simic ramp decks because mm-hmm. we were right. Oko Oko <laughs> is format warping. Yeah. But yeah, I try to do that. Like, I just kind of scroll through, and if I see a deck that looks interesting, I try to tweet it out. And yep. I think uh, I lucked out that there were some arena codes that were like tied to TwitchCon that had a super short uh, shelf life. We just checked, and they're dead now. Yeah, and they but, went up like this time yesterday, right? Uh, like Saturday or something. Saturday? Yeah. yeah. And so I tweeted those out when I saw them. I just like retweeted. Yeah. It just so like you know people so could it was find out there. it. So the one that's still live mm-hmm. is Play Eldraine, yes. capital P, capital E, and that's worth uh, three packs. Yep. But all the all the other ones are uh, dead and gone. Yeah, that one I actually got in my email, so I was able to get that one, but I didn't even know about the others until yeah, until it was too late. Just keep an eye out. I try to do my best to like pass on like the interesting mm-hmm. information. Let me wade through all the uh, magic Twitter garbage. <laughs> There's pick, a lot of it. And pick out deck lists, and I'll just. Yeah try to send the cool deck list and like the funny stuff and mm-hmm. like whatever like magic rage is going on i will just not send to you <laughs> i'll just be like yeah that's the thing i'm not gonna like interact with this for you yeah that's terrible let I me hate be that your stuff. filter yeah but also look if you guys want us to take a look at deck lists you can you know take a screenshot or whatever and tweet it at us yeah we'll give feedback yep uh, apparently our uh, local store is uh making that our job now well kind of sort of unpaid, I, I, unpaid internship I might have volunteered my serv- services, and you might have come along for the ride. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll take a look. So I think the first thing we'll go in chronological order here. We're going to talk about uh, Magic Fest Atlanta. Yeah, two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. It seems like much longer than that. It does. Yes, a lot has gone on. It has been I've a very busy a two weeks. A lot of magic in between uh, last Friday and yeah. today. Yeah. So main event was Legacy. Mm-hmm. If you've been following along, we settled in on I think the exact same seventy-five. Yes, exact same seventy-five. Exact same seventy-five. Um, I guess we can get this out of the way now. Mm-hmm. So we talked about our our prep. Yeah. Going forward and and making kind of like the Legacy meta game mm-hmm. and coming up with a plan for like each matchup. Yep. Even if it was just on paper, like yeah. kind of like preliminary stages of a gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. That ended up being super beneficial. It was my favorite way to prepare that I have found thus far. I won a match because I cabal therapied my opponent, mm-hmm. saw their hand, and knew that I could combo. Right. Because their hand, there was no way they had any spell that interacted with me. Yeah. I was just like, oh, there's nothing in your deck. I know 70 of the 75 cards that you can play, yeah. and none of them interact with me. Yeah. I can just go. So, like, that was really good. Yeah. Just having an idea of what to do Mm -hmm. was important. There were a few times that I was sideboarding and thought, like, oh, looking at the list, I was like, no, I'm going to, like, make this change in sideboarding. And Mm -hmm. then went, no. We thought this out. The reason we do this is because this card is bad for this reason, so I can't do that. Yeah, there was a couple times in my matches, too. I don't remember specifics, but I remember thinking to myself, well, this doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, oh, yeah, we spent like three hours doing this the other night. There's a reason for the the reason that we're putting this card in. Yeah, so, and we're like, oh, there's a reason, like, yeah. you know, Dryad Arbor, which is a creature in a land, yeah. 
uh, comes out, but Colony Garden, which is also a creature in a land, yeah. stays in. Yeah. And just like being like, no, then you're like, oh no, we thought about this and this is the reason. Yeah. Probably saved me a few times from making a mistake. Yep. So just having spent the time in prep beforehand. Yep. And was, also knowing, um, like what, like you said earlier, what potentially could be in a list is yeah, like really what matter. Yeah. So, I think if you have like a big modern tournament, mm-hmm. I think that you know if you're going to a modern uh, GP or an MCQ and you're like, I really want to do well, yep. doing something like this, you know, giving yourself probably a week and a half to two weeks, yeah, to sit down and do it all. Because I think we did the preliminary thing in like four days, yep. And then we met for like two hours and went over everything again and like rehashed out everything. Yeah. I think we changed one card in our sideboard. Right. Uh, at the end. Yeah. I mean, in lieu of playing a whole bunch of matchups, and actually, I think I actually like this um, prep better than just jamming games. Yeah. I think, I, think that, I got more out of it. I think the only thing that would have been better is if we could have done the work mm-hmm. and then played a few matchups we were not familiar with yeah like post board like with the with the sideboard plan right because like you know kind of how game one is going to go you can play like four or five of those and get a good sense yeah and then having the post like seeing how the post board games went because mm-hmm. there were a few times that like we just turned into jund right and was like all right we're I'm gonna beat down plan yeah we're gonna run you out of cards and then we're gonna yeah. just beat you with whatever garbage i have laying around yeah. which Get happens in there, to be Seder a wayfinder <laughs> I, I won games with Seder wayfinders yeah. yeah one quick thing is mm-hmm. that we did have a mistake in our prep right we completely forgot about the most popular deck of the tournament oh yeah team or delver yeah now in my defense when i made the list i could swear to you that the top deck in the format was yeah. four color delver yeah and then, and, like, overnight it changed into Teamer. Yeah, and we we were like, we didn't have a plan for Teamer. Like, we kind of treated it like... Yeah, it was the same as Four, four Color Delver. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, I don't think I missed it, but let me go look. Yeah. And I was like, you watch. I'm going to open up Goldfish. It's going to be the top <laughs> deck. And it was the top deck, 17% of the format. And I yeah. was like, oops. Um, so It wasn't a big deal. It's yeah. pretty close to the other Delver matchups. Yeah, but... So. But I think the format moved super fast. Yeah. Like everyone just was like, we're going to play four color. Then I was like, no, we don't need to. We just want better mana. Yeah. Ren and six busted. How did you do? I am super happy with my result, even though it's not great. Okay. Um, I went five and three. I finished 299. Um, Again, we played Hogak Depths. 299 of 1,022 or 21, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, So, yeah, pretty happy. I enjoy Legacy a lot but really don't ever get a chance to play it. And by far, I have the least seat time with Legacy than I do any other format, like including Commander for some weird reason. Yeah. Like I, I haven't played Commander in months, but I've spent more more time playing Commander than I have Legacy. I mean, if you discount sheer time, that's because the games last like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I played one game. I played one game and I like maxed out my GP time. <laughs> Um, Shots fired, Commander. <laughs> yeah, right. I had a fairly reasonable goal for myself okay. um, because I don't play all the time. I was hoping to go four and four and just have an even record. Um, so I did better than that. Yeah, pretty happy with my performance. Played uh, the worst matchup in the room, Death and Taxes, three times. I beat it once. Uh, did not get it the other two times. I played Sneak and Show twice. Um, beat it once. Lost once. 
Um, I played Teamer once, lost that round. Yeah, your opponent, though, drew like a god. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had presented turn two Mom twice, and top deck Caracas was... Not good. No, not great for me. Um, but yeah, I was happy happy with how I did. Okay. The pairings could have been a little bit better, but I think for the most part I played pretty tight. I think there was one thing, like, I don't even remember what it was now, but there was one thing that I mentioned, like, right after my game. Yeah. Like, one round that I could have done better, but pretty happy. Yeah. I was pretty happy, too. Yeah. How'd you do? Uh, I finished 101st, won $250 with the most awkward uh, cash <laughs> record ever. I went 9-3-3. Three, and three Yeah, I don't know anybody else that has ever had that record. 30 for 30 <laughs> total match points, playing like a turn two combo deck. Yeah. One, this is a, a lesson in like learning your B plan. Yeah. I think I made uh, Merit Lage... Probably less than ten times all weekend. Yeah, I just ended up turning all my games into these like grindy attrition matchups where I just like was left with a couple Elvish reclaimers. So what you're saying is we should have played Loam. <sighs> I don't. I don't. I'm not going to go that far. But you know, I won with Seder Wayfinder beats. I beat someone with a Dryad Arbor yep. that I then copied with a Thespian stage that I then copied <laughs> with another Thespian stage Man. and just was swinging for three each turn. Swinging with the trees. I played, I played kind of a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. I played storm, which isn't a good matchup. Yeah. Game one just made a, a quick combo on him. Uh, game two, like he thought sees me and looked at my hand and went like, Oh, it was just all discard. And just like yeah. there was, he he had no hand after like turn two or three. Mm-hmm. I then played. I played Blackguard Reanimator, which is a bad matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got stomped. Played Miracles, which is where I got my first draw, which put me in the Miracles bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was three one and one at that point, and then played against Grixis Control, mm-hmm. which game one I just comboed him real quick, mm-hmm. and then because he doesn't, he didn't really have anything. Yeah, and then game two, I think I just went on like. Uh, uh, beat down plan, mm-hmm. just random stuff. Um, let's see, what else did I play? I played against um, Four Keller Delver, mm-hmm. beat that. Uh, Blue White uh, Stone Blade. I thought he was on Miracles in game one. Uh, just he didn't have like functional hands. Playing a lot of Legacy, like the little interactions. I like, he played a Jace. His hand was garbage because he hadn't done anything. He played a Jace yeah. and he plus the Jace. Because I had a hex mage on board, mm-hmm. because he didn't want me to kill, like attack and kill his Jace. Right. So I attacked him and then sacked my hex mage to kill his kill Jace. Jace. And he went, "Oh no, <laughs> oh, I forgot yeah. that happens." <laughs> um, Oops. And then I played Death and Taxes mm-hmm. as my uh, winning in for uh, day two. Yeah. And game one, I went like Reclaimer, Mox, like. Reclaimer, Mox Diamond, go, and then somehow cast a Hex Mage and then cast a Cabal Therapy. Mm-hmm. Named Swords of Plowshares, made a 2020, indebted him on the spot. He had, he was, he went like Plains Aether Vial. Oh. And I think he, he was like super confident that he had me covered. And I just had him discard both his swords and he lost on the spot. He just picked up his cards. Yeah. Um, And then the next game, we kind of, he got on board. I was behind, and my out was, uh, as we often say, my opponent having a stroke. Mm-hmm. And I knew his hand, 
he had a flicker wisp in his hand and he had a flicker wisp and a mirror crusader on board and uh he i was at eight he attacked me with the flicker wisp and the mirror crusader mm-hmm. put me to one if you would left the mirror uh, the flicker wisp back yeah. the clock was the same there was i had no way to interact with the mirror crusader right and then he didn't cast his flicker wisp and i went and assembled the combo at instant speed with yeah. crop rotation and he had a uh, Rashad and Port Plains, Rashad and Port Plains, he could have tapped both my lands in response. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, 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 it's fine. I know what you're getting. I know what you're doing. Oh, man. And I got an Urborg, made a 2020, and he just stared at his hand. Yeah. And me, and his hand, <laughs> and then was like, just stunned. And it was like, go ahead. He's like, upkeep, tap your Urborg. And I was like, attack you. Yeah. I thought he had a Swords to Plow shares. So I was just hoping to gain 20 life and like try to like figure something <laughs> out and I just killed him. Yeah. So like, I think he played a little loose thinking that like not yeah. knowing that I could put it together. Right. Just, well, we're also on kind of a unconventional build of the deck. So. Yeah. But like, it was just like, he, I think he just was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I can't lose from this position. Yeah. And then lost. lost. Yeah. So, and then I played mono red prison mm-hmm. uh, as my welcome to day two. I got mono red prisoned. Yeah. It was bad. Um, you had a neat story about that round though, don't you? Which one's this one? Or was that your your last round? My last round. Okay. Um, this opponent lost his winning into top eight Yeah. to Colin Roundtree. So mm-hmm. he finished like 16th or something. Sweet. And then went to day two. Uh, this is where our prep helped. I played against yeah. a four color control, like snow control player. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is where like not, someone else not knowing the matchup or being new to their deck because that deck hasn't been around very long. Yeah. Uh, game one, I lost. Game two, I had an Elvish Reclaimer. He wastelanded me, and I played another one, and mm-hmm. I had three lands in my graveyard, and I was like, "Attack you for three. Yeah. And he picked up the card and read it and went, "Oh," and he then proceeded to take six and six and six and died. Yeah. So game three. He was like, I have to be able to kill Elvish Reclaimer. Right. So he brought in Fatal Push, oh. which is dead against the 2020 plan. Right. And I went, turn to 2020, Cabal Therapy, you name Belfel Strix. Mm-hmm. And he had one land in play, and I looked at his hand, and he had three Brainstorms, a uh, Ponder, and cards that didn't matter. Yeah. But Fatal no push. lands. <laughs> and yeah. no lands. And... uh Everything that interacts with the with the Merit Lage is two mana. Right. So there was no way on the next turn he could have ripped a land and a two mana interaction spell. Right. So he was just dead on the spot. And then you guys told me afterwards you saw him cast a brainstorm and he drew uh, three fatal pushes or drew yeah. two fatal pushes. Yeah, there was two fatal pushes. Yeah, so like he just put in dead cards because he kind of panicked. Right. It was like I lost to this last game, and now like if I had a plan, I'm gonna like blow it up because I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, that was something that um, my second death in Texas player had told me. Also, um, that was the one that I beat. Is he was like super scared of Elvish Reclaimer, and you know after after we finished our round, that's kind of one of the things I told him is that you don't have to be scared of Elvish Reclaimer. Like all you got tons of nerds that jump in front of an Elvish Reclaimer. You need to be scared of mom. Yeah. And everything in your deck kills mom. Like, don't waste your swords on my Elvish Reclaimer. You can just block that with a Mirror and Crusader or yeah. a Flicker Wisp or whatever else you have in your deck. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think this opponent hadn't played this matchup before or mm-hmm. not very much on that particular deck because it's yeah. new and kind of, uh, you know, stressed out a bit. If he had a plan, got off of it. Yeah. I played the, the like, Shrek deck, the Nihilome Reclaimer deck. Yeah. Uh, I think that was, like, turn one Wasteland, turn two Caracas. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> played an Elvish Reclaimer, got it swords, because, like, yeah. had my combo covered a million different ways. Yeah. Yeah, lost both those games quite embarrassingly. Drew against Team Redelver. Mm-hmm. This draw I'm, like, happy with. Mm-hmm. Because I'm all to five game uh, three. Yeah. So basically I'm done. Play Elvish Reclaimer with a Mox Diamond out turn one. Yeah. And he brainstorms in response. Mm-hmm. And I go Cabal Therapy, name Renin Six. Mm-hmm. And I hit a Renin Six. And his hand has two Tarmogoyfs. And I'm like, well, I'm on five. Yeah. I am never winning this game. Right. Uh, with 10 minutes and no cards. Sack my Elvish Reclaimer named Tarmogoyf. Absolutely. He brainstormed locked himself because mm-hmm. he had no fetch land. Yeah. So he knew his next couple cards, and then he didn't have any plays. So I was able to, like, grind out a draw mm-hmm. there. Just give me two draws. Yay. <laughs> then I played against four-color Loam, yeah. like punishing Loam, and I'm not happy with this draw. I probably should have mulliganed two... The combo. Yeah, because you're running out of time. Yeah, we were running out of time. Like, there was like five or six minutes left. And I kept a hand that was like interactive that I wouldn't die. Yeah. Right. In the back of my head, I was like, well, a draw gets me a win. Like, gets me to three draws, which is yeah. one match win. And I was like, this interactive hand, I'm not going to die with this hand. Yeah. I would kind of gotten the wrong mindset. I should have been trying to find a way to win the game. Uh, realistically though like loam's not going to kill you anyway not that fast yeah like they're they're in for the grindy game yeah well i almost died uh, i would have died if he had like two more turns oh okay so i was at 13 and he had a knight of the reliquary which has power and toughness he went over lands in your graveyard mm-hmm. and he was attacking for uh seven or eight and i was like can i look at your graveyard and he had two bayous and two wastelands yeah so I surgicaled both of them yeah. to take two Shrunk lane, it way down. Shrunk it down by four. Yeah. So I only took five. So he didn't have enough. He only had one more turn. Yeah. So he couldn't kill me with it. And then I played against Blue Red Delver, which I'm supposed to beat, and I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good job. Yeah. He had like one vapor snag. Got <laughs> and then I played against the other Nightmare matchup, Mono Red. Yeah. Uh, game one, uh, he played a turn one Chandra. Ooh, that's scary. I somehow got it off the board and then had three Elvish Reclaimers and a Stater Wayfinder and tend him twice. Yeah. Won the game. That'll do it. Yeah. Uh, and then game two, I got mono red. Yeah. Mono redded. I just got deaded super fast. And then game three, I played a Magus of the Moon. I was able to like interact with some stuff, got the board clear. He just had Ancient Tomb uh, Mountain. Mm hmm. And he kept damaging himself to, like, cast any of his spells. He actually played in a braid on a Seder Wayfinder. Yeah. Which cost him two life. And he got down to one, and I crop rotated for a Dryad Arbor and killed him with it. I was like, blow up your chalice on one, crop rotate for Dryad Arbor, kill you. Perfect. So I think one thing to take away from my weekend is, like, even your bad matchups in any format. Yeah aren't a hundred and zero. Right. 
right? Like you can find a way. Like the turn one Chandra, he just drew awful. Yeah. Game three, he had a, a Karn, the great creator, mm-hmm. that he had on like nine loyalty, and he was attacking me with uh, ensnaring bridges, and I was like, I just need to rip a hex mage and kill this thing, and I ripped a hex mage and killed it. Yeah. And then the game like started over with he had a bridge and like a million cards in his hand and he couldn't do anything. Yeah. So like you like you just have to kind of stay locked in as best you can to like mm-hmm. hope that your opponent draws poorly or that your like sideboard plan gives you enough percentage points. Yeah. I mean that's important in a big long event like that anyways to stay locked in. It's real easy for your focus to kind of drift yeah. around a little bit once you start getting hungry and thirsty and got to take a leak. I mean, I think that like at a uh, GPDC when I like yeah. picked up my second loss when I like stopped drawing lands and spells. Yeah. Like I like the third loss was me just being like, yeah, I'm off it. Yeah. As opposed to like, I definitely like lost the first loss impacted my second loss impacted my third loss. Yeah. And like, I wasn't able to like stop the snowball. Mm-hmm. It's easy to fall into that trap though. Yeah. So a few little things, we're not going to get too specific, but one, mm-hmm. be clear in your communications Yes. My reanimator player was uh, mute. Was probably not really a mute. He got very yeah. excited when someone brought up Braves baseball. <laughs> but um, basically had a chancellor of the annex, which has a pregame effect if it's in your hand. Mm-hmm. And I went to, I was looking at my hand. I was like, I'll keep. And I like looked up and he like threw a card at me. Yeah. And it was the chancellor. He didn't say. I have pregame actions or right. here's my chancellor. He just kind of threw the card in my general direction. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess I will imply that means there's a chancellor <laughs> uh, trigger in effect. Okay. Yeah. And then was just like doing things on his side of the battlefield without like saying like what, what he was, he was doing. doing or like yeah. putting things like things just like magically went into the graveyard and like mana was made. No, I couldn't <laughs> interact with it. Right. But like just like clearly being like, Hey, yeah. I'm doing this is is important mm-hmm. to like just let your opponent know, right? Because uh, like you're not playing on like Arena or Magic Online, you have to actually interact with the person Correct. across from you. Yep. So try to be clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, also remember that your opponents, particularly in large events, mm-hmm. don't have your best interest at heart. This is a hundred percent true. Um, I had uh, a few things where. Renin sixes were used in dubious manners. Yeah. I had an opponent play one of the new Modern Horizon uh, Canopy Lands. Yeah. Or Horizon Lands. Horizon Lands. Sacrifice to draw a card because he was dead to a 2020. Yeah. Plus his Renin six and sneak his land back on the battlefield to crack it again for another card. And I was like, you already played a land this turn and he immediately conceded. Yeah. Had another opponent tick down their Renin six to kill my creature. Mm Mm-hmm. And then take up their run in six to get a land back. Yeah. And I had to be like, hey, you've you've already done that. Yeah. I had a similar experience in the double up on Sunday, one of the side events. Um, actually, twice. Two of the three rounds that I played, uh, my opponent was trying to cheese me on mana. Play like an extra land or oh, something? No, didn't tap enough to cast his spells. Oh, yeah. So. So, yeah. Like, sometimes it's innocent and sometimes it's yeah not in, like... In like round twelve of a GP, yeah, it's probably not innocent. You've had enough time with that deck that you know. Well, not only what's that, up. but uh, you've also probably been playing Magic for a while. If you're yes. halfway through day two of a GP, yes. 
So just be mindful. Like, I think I called, I called a judge, like, oh, I called a judge on one player three times. Yeah. Uh, for various different things. Yeah. So don't be like afraid to call a judge. Sometimes like if an opponent asks me a question, I'll be like, this is what, this is how this works, but right. I'll just call a judge. And like, yep. I've called judges and go like, Hey, this works this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just go like, yep. And I'm like, cool. Yep. Again, another reading clear communication. I cast surgical extraction against the opponent. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Handed me his deck. I flipped it over and I started going through his deck and he's like, could I respond to that? <laughs> and I was like, Yes, you could have responded to that, but the spell has resolved because your deck's in my hand. Right. I was like, I called a judge over and he's like, well, I was like, he asked if he could respond and I told him he could have, but I have his deck. He's like, well, that's not exactly what I said. He's like, I just asked and I was like, look, I said, the bottom card of your deck is this and about 10 cards down is this card. He's like, well, I can't confirm that. And judge is like, no, I saw the bottom of your deck. Those cards were in your deck. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you, he, if he would have waited a beat and been like, let me respond. Instead of handing you a Instead deck. of just being like, yeah, it's yeah. good. I, the spell hadn't resolved. He was, he was right. in the clear. So just like, you know, be sure that you communicate clearly. And yeah. a dangerous thing that we'd all do, hopefully, because we're polite, is just be like, okay. Right. Like, and okay means like it has happened. Right. Uh, I had a judge sitting beside me and I was like, for one of my draws, like, yeah, you got it. And I was like, well, wait, no, 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 judge. No, 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 no. I'm not, giving, I'm not conceding. We have a draw. This is a draw. Sorry, judge. Uh, uh, yeah. So just be clear. Right. Right. And again, don't be afraid to call a judge. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're not doing anything shady. Right. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And, I mean, they're, they're there to make sure everybody's playing yeah. correctly. Yeah. So uh, be mindful. Yep. So be a decent human being. Please. Communicate. Yep. And, you know, be mindful of the fact that sometimes your opponents, you know, my last match yeah. was a $250 match. Right. Which, like, cool, you know, but maybe someone three tables over from me, that $250 was way more important to them than mm-hmm. it was to me or their opponent. And, right. like, maybe they were trying to get an unfair advantage because that really mattered to them. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, just be mindful that your opponent sometimes isn't like the best dude or dudette. Again, I played the double up, and my first opponent was on Tron, which is a terrible matchup for me. I was on Jund, but he forgot to pay for one of his uh, chromatic star activations or something. So he had like one extra mana. Yes, it would. It wasn't a big deal. He couldn't do anything with it anyway. But it's something that needs to get fixed, especially Mm -hmm. when you're playing for prizes at a big event. Um, so that was the first one. The My round three opponent, I think, was trying to cheese me. He had previously asked me to concede to him because he really wanted, like before the match started, because he really needed the prize tickets to get a foil cavern of souls for his goblin deck or something. I was like, no, man, we'll, we'll play. It's fine. And uh, the whole time he was playing very aggressively, like throwing cards down and going really fast or whatever. And we were in game three. I, I beat him the first, or yeah, I beat him the first game. He beat me in the second game. We were in game three, and uh, he cast like three spells in a turn, and like just kind of tapped all his mana at once. And mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that he didn't have. He only had two black mana. He didn't have a third black mana gotcha. for the third spell. So yeah. So again, just be mindful. It's 
it doesn't happen super frequently. Yeah. And sometimes it is innocent stuff. Yep. But the reason I, I should have called a judge on the guy who tried to play a second land in case mm-hmm. he had done did that two more times in the tournament. That right. might have been like his MO for the day. Yep. Uh, it's just a way for them to track stuff. Mm-hmm. So that it doesn't keep happening. If the same person keeps making the same mistake over and over again, it right. stops being a mistake. Right. So, but yeah, don't think that you need to be like super, you know, suspicious of all your opponents. Yeah, no. And there's definitely like a line. I had, yeah. I heard someone, uh, C plus, I'll move them like B plus, A minus, magic celebrity, talking to someone about, well, you know, let's just do odd or even because. I know there are people that can die roll cheat and legacy is the format that's impacted by it by the most, according to like the magic ELO calculator. I'm like, Jeez. Whoa, pump the brakes there. Uh, yeah. Poindexter. Like, come on, like really die roll cheats. This is where we are in the world. Like, Oh man, yeah. I didn't practice my deck at all, but you know what I got <laughs> down? I got down that, that, that die roll twelves. Like, yeah. So you don't need to be paranoid, Yeah. but just be aware. Yep, and don't be scared of judges either. I mean, I've had a whole bunch of judge calls against me over the years. Sorry. No. I got you again this time. No, it's fine. It happens. And, like, you don't learn if you don't get called out on it. So I don't mind at all. I'm apologizing because there was a a sequencing error in James's game. Yep. So Mox Opal says, if it would come under the battlefield, discard a land. And James went, Mox Opal, discard a land. And his opponent kind of went in the tank and then countered it. Yeah. And then James passed the turn. Yeah, land was still in my graveyard. And I was like, <laughs> like, hold on for a second. And I was like, this is what happened, Judge. And he got to like, yeah, he got like what you got like a GRV. Yeah, yeah, which it's is not like a you big have, deal. You have to get like three of them for it to like even matter. Right. And it has to be like three of them for like the same the thing same or thing, something. Yeah. So like James will never make that mistake again. Correct. <laughs> I think I made it a little bit later. Like. Yeah. Like not like on autopilot, and I was yeah. like, "I'll pick that land back up." My bad, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's not a big deal. No, it happens. So you said uh, play double ups is the next thing. So we okay, either day two your GP right, or hit the sides up, or hit the sides up. Yeah, uh, side events are awesome for whatever reason. They make you feel a lot better about not making day two. Yeah. And I think the double ups are probably the best bang for your buck as far as side events go. Yeah, they're like, are they forty dollars? Yeah, forty bucks. But it's double prizes. It's double prizes. Yep. So if you can, you know, scrounge together a couple wins, you can walk away with a whole bunch of product. Yeah. Like a box or more. I've had pretty good luck in side yeah. events. Yeah. So have I. Right. I mean, if you, you know, you get to a point where you're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And like you, you know, you're you know not locked for like a two one in your side event, but you're yeah. pretty close. You're probably better than sixty percent. Right. Um, another thing to keep in mind is I just realized this while we were at Atlanta, but side events on day one of a GP, I think the competition level is quite a bit lower because all yes. the like reasonable players are playing in the main event. Yeah, especially if it's the format yeah. of the event. So if yeah. you're getting a modern GP in day one, they're firing a modern Double side up. event. Yeah. Like the people that are like hardcore modern players. Right, they're playing the main event. Playing the main event, yeah. Yeah, because I was talking to a guy on Sunday, and I don't think he realized this is what happened, but it was like towards the end of the day on Sunday, and he was telling me how he... um 
he was cleaning up on set on Saturday. He was he three owed every event he was in, but then come Sunday he couldn't win a single game. And after I got done talking to him, I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, I bet you it's because all the reasonable players were in the GP. Yeah. So keep the, that in mind. All the people that went five three and just yeah. barely missed. Yeah. Are now like getting the revenge on side events and trying to get trying to make something out of their weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys can sure. keep that in mind too. Like if you're you know don't feel like you're quite up for a main event, hit up the GP anyway and go play some side events and maybe you can spike a spike an event or two. Yeah. Also, uh, when you're, you're when you're at your GP, uh, participate in commerce. Yeah. Uh, so. We have some favorite vendors. We sure do. That uh, we want to kind of shout out and just kind of give you uh, some like shopping around tips. Yeah. And the first thing is shop around. Absolutely. Right. Like it is a card will be 20 feet from each other at two different booths and be 20 or $30 difference in price. Or more. Or more. Yeah. Like so when I decide that I want to get a card. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm doing one. I'm. I then decide I'm going to walk around mm-hmm. and try to find the cheapest one in the room. Right. And I just start. and I'm like, okay, these guys have it for eight. These mm-hmm. guys have it for nine. And I walk, do a lap. Yep. What I did this time before I went is I made a list of what I wanted to try yeah. to keep myself honest. Yep. That's and, a great idea. And then price them all out on TCG. Mm-hmm. So you know what to look. So for. I could be like, okay, I want a Cavalier Thorns. It's $7 on TCG player. Mm-hmm. So I am happy at $7 or anything less than that. Right. And like I had a little running list of like, okay, foil plague engineers are $39. Or this one's 30, the cheapest one in the room's 37. Yep. I saved myself $2. Mm-hmm. I still spent $37 on a piece of cardboard. <laughs> but I saved myself $2. That's all right. Right. But make sure you shop around. Like have yeah. an idea of what the cards cost before you go like so you have to spend less time on your phone like searching you just already have your list made yeah it's i mean kind of a bad look to be sitting in front of a vendor like pulling up prices on your phone while they're you know trying they're in the middle of helping you and they got three other people Mm -hmm. next to you waiting to be helped yeah like i and i also to avoid that i'll like be like okay i want these three cards from this vendor right and then kind of do it all all at once yeah as opposed to being like get me this let me think Get me this other thing. It's like, no, I want like A, B, and C. Yeah, I do do that too. A lot of times I'll make a pass like around a vendor's table. Mm -hmm. And then when I get to the very end, I'll flag someone down and say, I want that from over there. I want this from over here. I want two of those from this case. Yeah. Just like, again, be a decent human. Yeah. So shop around. This is probably the best place other than the internet to find like weird stuff and like yeah, and a lot of the weird stuff like you want to look at before you buy it anyway. Yeah. But the vendors always bring a lot of obscure stuff, um, like really hard-to-find cards, like a reserve list stuff or promo versions or whatever. Yeah, and also like when we say obscure stuff, I think we also saw the like test print foils of the Planeswalkers that had no art on them. They're just yeah. silver shiny. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, if like obscure magic cards is your thing... Mm-hmm. You're not going to find test print Planeswalker promo on right. TCG. Yeah, no. Right? No, you've got to like find like the test print city of uh, traders foil. Yeah. Like four years before they made foils. Yeah. Right? Like that's where you're going to find that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a vendor that had like complete sets. Yeah, like the Magic the- Online like redemption sets. 
Uh, well, no, I was talking like old complete sets. There was okay. a vendor that had like Homelands. A com- oh, I saw the dark. Yeah, the dark and Homelands. Yeah, and then had a bunch of the Magic Online Redemption yeah. Yeah. Uh, packs. Yep. So yeah, like if you want a complete set, like a little part of me wanted to buy a complete set of Homelands, but I didn't. <laughs> Just for shiggles? Yeah, I was like, I could probably just assemble this for like $15 probably. Like if I just went to TCG Play right now. Yeah. Also, like, old sealed product. Yeah. GPs are a good place to find old sealed product if that's your thing. So, I know that uh, Nick wants to have like one booster pack mm-hmm. from every set. And mm-hmm. so, he's like bought yep. random booster packs that you're like, your store is not going to have an right. Ice Age booster pack, yeah. more than likely. Christos uh, always makes, a, makes it a ritual to buy an old booster pack whenever he goes to an event. Gotcha. So I think he's opened like a dark steel booster and you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, they're anywhere from 10 to $20 for the most part. Yeah. I mean, some of them are a little higher them are more, but, but like in that general ballpark. Yep. Another thing to keep in mind that we don't have on our list here is, and this goes to kind of our best vendors mm-hmm. in terms of deals is some vendors are cash only. Oh yeah. Right. So, I always end up paying for the hotel and yeah. then I just get given cash. And yeah. then that's how I uh, function <laughs> at the cash only booths. A lot of the cash only booths are way cheaper. Yeah. Um, my favorite booths are cash only. Yeah. Well, mostly it's not cash only. Well, they were for a long, long time. time. And so, now they're only like barely not cash only. They charge you a 3% surcharge. Yeah. Our two kind of favorite vendors. At least coming out of this one, like the, Moose Loot has been my favorite for a long time. Yeah. Um, they've always treated me well. They've always had the best prices. I mean, we've been dealing with them since they were backpack vendors. Yeah, so you're not allowed to, if you're not, if you haven't paid for a booth, yeah. you're not allowed to exchange money for cards. Right. So they were small and couldn't afford a booth. Right. So they were like two or three guys in hats with antlers. Yeah. Thus, moose loot, and they would just have trade binders, yeah. and they would just spend the whole weekend trading. Yeah, but basically, like trading, almost like buy list. Yeah, like they gave you like a little bit less for your card, mm-hmm. right? And so they did that for years, and now they're big enough that they had they probably had the they had the biggest booth. They at did the. They absolutely had the at biggest the GP. Booth. They had a bigger booth than Star City. Yeah, they had a bigger booth than Channel Fireball. Yeah, they had the biggest booth in the room. Yeah. And their prices are good. Their prices are great. So I took my uh, GP winnings before they actually materialized <laughs> in my account and bought two Tigas and a Plateau Yep, uh, from them. I, they were like, ended up being $300 total. Yep. That's pretty so good. not bad at all. Yep. And then the other one, the one that's really big for you having cash is mm-hmm. 95 MTG. Yeah. And I hadn't really dealt with them a whole lot before Atlanta, but- they had awesome prices. They yeah. had the best prices in the room. They're, yeah, they're probably 10 to 15% yeah. below everyone else. Yeah. Maybe not, if not more on some things. Yeah, some things were more. But the drawback is they only take cash. Right. Like, there's no option to get to, like, credit card at all. Right. Having cash for them, like, is important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thinking ahead so you're not playing, paying some, like, ridiculous, like, eight, uh ATM fee. ATM fee at like the convention center. Yeah. They were good. That's where I got my uh, Nourishing Peatland and Mm -hmm. uh, Plague Engineer. Yep. I got my Peatland from them too. Yeah. And they were, you know, three and five dollars below TCG. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah. So just be on the on the lookout. Like everyone, like everything's priced differently. Like yeah. I like I wanted a foil F and M duress to make my fourth one, mm-hmm. and I found it for nine dollars at a booth where like Moose Loot had it for thirteen. So right. just you know doing that lap and being yep. like, and not just like snap impulse buying something because you see it. Being like, there's another <laughs> one in the room. The internet exists. Let yeah. me just go look and take my time. Also, like their inventory changes over the weekend as yes. they buy and sell, so like it's worth it to stop back a couple times too. Yeah. So like I'm always kind of that's what I do in between rounds is I yeah. just like go yep, look too. at stuff. The third one that I mean I'm sure everybody knows what Star City Games is, but they have a heavy play section that they bring to all the big events, whereas a lot of booths don't bring their heavy play stuff. And the blow cards out. Yeah. I think that, like, Star City almost exclusively brings their heavy play stuff. Yeah. Their cases are just, there's, like, a high-end section. Yep. Heavy played high-end and yep. just, like, general heavy played stuff. Yep. And their heavy played things usually aren't that beat up. Yeah, they're pretty strict on their grading. So they're, a lot of their heavy play stuff, I think, is, you know, in really good Moderate shape. Moderate play. Yeah. Like, they'll just give you the stack and let you pick whichever one you want. Yeah, so I'm looking at a foil uh, onslaught shock that was heavy play that looks great. Yeah, I bought a stack of them for three dollars a piece, and they look fantastic. Yeah, if you're just willing to like go through like the stack of cards, and some of them yeah. look like a dog chewed on them, and then other ones you're yeah. like, why is this in this? I'll take this. Yeah, no, there are definitely cards that are missing corners, but there are also cards that look fantastic. Yeah, and. You know, you can find you can find killer deals. A lot of my dual lands came from their section there. Yeah, I mean the dual lands I bought from Moose Loot. Yeah, it was like, well, there's an eighty dollar plateau, there's a ninety dollar plateau, and there's a hundred dollar plateau. Let me look at the eighty dollar one. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it has a little bit of like inking, like someone had like ink on their thumb and then like, yeah. touched their card, and it's not super big. You mm-hmm. know, like the front's fine. Sure, I'll take it. Yep. Right, so if you're willing to take a little bit of a hit in like condition, yeah. you can get really big deals. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking long term, a beat up plateau is not getting reprinted. That's a beat true. up underground sea, like I bought my Badlands two years ago, three years ago for fifty bucks out of the scratch and dent bin. Yeah, they're two hundred and fifty dollars now, and like they're scratch and dent, but I'm sure I could get yeah. one hundred and seventy five, hundred fifty dollars for them. Probably, like no problem. Yep. So, yeah, just, like, look around Yep. and, like, bring cash. Yes, bring cash. Um, some some vendors will also give you a deal if you pay cash also. Yeah. Um, it's not something they advertise, and it can kind of be a bad look if you're asking for a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you get, get in a conversation with one of the employees, sometimes you can feel them out a little bit. Also, like, there'll be some employees that will sell their personal cards in, yeah. the, in the case. Yep. Or they'll just be like a case that that'll just be cash only. Like, right. you know, the other ninety five percent of their cards are for credit. Yeah. You can pay with a, a card, but there'll be a small section. And sometimes it's like high end things, yeah, or things that like the employees have that they're trying to like flip, mm-hmm. and they can't like credit card it into right the store's account. So you just have to like pay Bob the employee, right. Uh, one more thing to mention on the topic of vendors is it doesn't happen all the time, but the last couple events that we've been to, um, there's been a couple vendors that brought like bulk, like not actual bulk, but like long boxes full of cards. Yeah. 
um, and just put them out with color-coded sleeves and let people go through them. And there's some really good deals in those, too. They, I mean, obviously, they take a little bit longer to go through, and they're usually pretty crowded, but you can find some deals in those, too. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, two cards for a dollar yeah. kind of stuff if yep. you're willing to go through. And sometimes... Like, if you have a card you think's going to be good mm-hmm. that you, like, missed out on from standard. Yeah. Like, that might be the time to, like, grab some. I think you bought a bunch of Crashing Footfalls for 50 cents a piece or a dollar Yeah, a piece. I think I bought six or eight of them, yeah, for 50 cents a piece. Yeah. Uh, Pelt Collectors I got for 50 cents a piece. I got two play sets. Yeah. So, these are places, like, if you have time in between rounds yep. or, like, you know, your, your event finished at three and the next one you want to play is at five. Mm-hmm. Right, grab a snack and then come back and go through yep, a bunch grab of a cards. soda. The one that I was at in particular was at Moose Loot this time, and uh, they had an extra employee on Sunday, so they had somebody watching over like the the bulk yeah. section. So I mean, I had a great time shooting the shit with the guy, yeah. the guy that was sitting there, you know, watching everyone and cracking jokes and just sorting bulk. Next up is where we're gonna be next, and I'm pretty sure I should be able to weasel my way out of work, but. Uh, going to go to magic fest richmond mm-hmm. it's also the site of the last mythic championship so like in one convention center hall there's going to be the mythic championship and in the other one there will be a magic fest yeah i don't know like how separate it's going to be i don't know if they're going to be like in two different halls or if they're going to put up you know something between them or if it's just like free to mingle around or i have no idea what to expect but i think it's going to be really cool yeah um, I'm really excited for new standards, so I'm excited for the format. Richmond, we always have fun when we go to Richmond anyway. Yeah. We got a couple couple good restaurants we like in Richmond. And like I said, the Mythic Championship is there also. So Yeah, it'll be something cool to do because I've never got to do that before. Yep. It'll be neat to, like, to see that number of pros all in one place. Yeah. Um, like back when we used to start traveling, you know, it wouldn't be – out of the ordinary to see like 10 or 15 pros at an event but lately there's never pros at events never i don't know if there was any like yeah i think we checked there were three people with three buys with three buys that are that uh, like the equivalent of like platinum yeah so it's not like there's like a ton of them yeah so the other event we played in was the throne Mm pre-release pre-releases are a little more casual yeah a little more laid back uh, try to be a good ambassador. Yeah, um, it's, pre-release is a great time to get new people into the game. I know it's kind of late to take this to heart, but maybe remember for next time. Everybody's new at some point, and everybody can use a little bit of uh, shaping to turn into like the best Magic player they can be. So just remember to kind of be a good human being, especially at pre-release. Yeah. What are our initial impressions of the set? Uh, the fixing is trash. It is awful. Yeah. So you can barely run a two color deck and I saw yeah. three and four color piles. Yeah, people are insane. Yeah. I I played a three color deck in my last event cuz I showed up right when they right, right at the end of build time cuz I yeah. got my times back up and I was just like, "Well, these are my most powerful cards. Let's do this." Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it helped that you had three ops too though. Yeah. Like that helped fix your mana. Card draw is mana fixing if if done correctly. It, yeah. I mean, it can be. Yeah. Like you joke, but that's Yeah. So, yeah, the the fixing in this format is the worst we've seen in the last year, maybe, yeah. maybe year more. and a half. Yeah. In Sealed, at least, aggro decks are usually not good. Right. I contend that the aggro decks in this format aren't great. Yeah. But 
if you are the red black aggro deck and yeah. you have a swamp and a mountain in your hand and your opponent is blue green and they only have islands yeah you win, win you win a lot of those games yeah but you're super far behind if they actually cast like two drop three drop yeah so like you're kind of crossing your fingers and hoping that you can get enough early damage in before they like get their second color yep one quick aside about like the aggro decks in this format is there's a lot of good combat tricks that are like an adventure stapled onto a creature. Yeah. So it feels better to run them than yes. it normally does because you're not out a body to do it. Yeah, like Rimrock Knight yeah. is plus two, plus O oh is his adventure, and then he's just a three one that can't block. Yep. And then there's the uh the fairy guide mother. The plus two yeah, plus, the plus one two plus flying, one and flying. On a on a one one body. Yep. Uh the the common like Th- uh, three and a green, three two. That's one and a green for a plus two plus two. Yep. Right. So those are all fine. Mm-hmm. I think that like it's a slower format, and just like I think we kind of talked about this before, like the food being everywhere. You just have a bunch of like pay two mana, gain three life, which is hard for aggressive decks to deal with. It is, but if you can keep pressure on, like they don't have time to crack their food. Yes, this is true. So. So James and I come at this from very different sides. Yeah. How many how many aggressive decks, how many aggro decks did you play? All of them. All of them? Yeah. I played one red-white aggressive deck yeah. that I said was absolute trash. Yeah. I won three games by playing Embercleave and dealing like all the damage in one turn. Yeah. And then stumbled a little bit against someone, and at one point... They were at 28 life with a Clatterbridge troll that had drawn them three cards and gained them nine life. Yeah. And I was like, let me play my 3-1 that can't block. Go. The uh, um, Actually, the worst one I had was that, like, the most mid-rangey of all of them, that Knight's deck, mm-hmm. I think was my worst sealed pool. Yeah, I played... Um, I, my last one was, like, an Esper control deck. It was yeah. just, like, card draw, garbage creatures, and a Lockmere Serpent. Yeah. Uh, if you get a Lockmere Serpent, take it. Yeah. If you resolve it, you can't lose. Pretty much. Well, as long as they don't like exile it with the uh, <laughs> the one in the black exile thing, but otherwise, you can't lose. Yeah. Yeah, like I played a bunch of like mid rangey controlish decks. Mm-hmm. I played a lot on Arena as well. Like the only decks I really enjoyed were like the decks that you were drawing a lot of cards and seeing a lot of resources. The ones that were like aggressive, I just felt like outclassed of my opponents cast any spells. Yeah. And like there's also like really bad sizing, I think, for aggressive decks. Yeah. That's right. True. There's like the curious pairs of one three. Yeah. Uh there's the four drop turtle that's a one five. Yeah. There's, there's the a, five drop that's a two five. There's a this is a two yeah. five. And those are in blue. Yeah. So to get around that, uh, a lot of the black creatures have menace. Mm-hmm. So there's the three two Bell of the Brawl has menace. Yep. There's the Lock Haven or Lockmere Knight. Paladin. Paladin. Yeah. That's uh that's a three two that has adamant that makes it a four three and yep. it has menace. So there's ways to get around that, like kinda already built it in the set, mm-hmm. but like there's a giant that gives menace. Yeah. But for a lot of them, like, you're just like, oh, this is... Yeah. I can't ever attack into this. Yeah. My 2-1 is, like, awful now. So were there any, like, particular cards that over-impressed you? Again, at Rare, like, I played Lockmere Serpent yeah. once on Arena and once in person, and it's just like, this card's a joke. If you resolve it, it's yeah. just ridiculous. I uh, I got a rankle in one of my pools, and that card... 
I guess I must have like misread the card twice. Like the first time I read it, I thought it only happened on Enter the Battlefield. Oh. And then the second time I read it, I thought you only got to pick one. No. And then when I got home last night and was like sorting my cards out, all I was like, three. oh, no. <laughs> you get to pick all three. Yeah, that card's way better. You hit me with it and you were like, draw, draw a card. card. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't and know like, you could do more than one. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think. Um, so... Revenge of Ravens is a messed up magic card. Yeah, that card's dirty. Revenge of Ravens is almost moat. Yep. So if you're not super old or a baller, <laughs> moat is two white, white creatures without flying can attack. Yeah. And you're like, okay, how is this three and a black uh, enchantment moat? It says whenever a creature attacks you, any creature, the controller loses a life and you gain a life. Yeah. So if you get them down on life a little bit, they, they just can't attack you. If they don't have big creatures, they can't yeah. attack you. Like, two twos deal one damage to you and one damage to them. Yeah. And I lost multiple games to getting down, being at, like, six, and my opponent being at 12 and being like, I can't cobble together enough attacks yeah. in this game to actually win it. Mm-hmm. So, like, any, like, go-wide creature strategy, that just, like, kind of sits on. Yeah. And also, I lost a ton of games to Sir Conrad. Yeah, that's a messed up magic card, too. Right. One on a block. So it's uh, three black, black. I mean, I told you it was good. Three black, <laughs> yeah. black, five, four. Basically, whatever a creature goes into your graveyard from, from any, into any graveyard from anywhere. Or leaves your graveyard. You deal one damage to your opponent. Yep. And it says one on a black. Both players put the top card of their library into their graveyard. Yep. Again, combat is yeah. effectively banned on some level because yeah. you if they chump something you just take damage my uh, my first sealed pool had three of the uh eye blight fairies or whatever that mill when yeah. they uh connect and two sir conrad's in it yeah like you just like stick a con and you're just like now i'm gonna mill you out and i'm yeah. either gonna run you out of cards or i'm gonna kill you i'm probably gonna kill you before i run you out of cards yeah speaking of running you out of cards folio of fancy mm-hmm is great yeah i watched someone play a deck that they weren't particularly good there was like a big skill gap yeah but like if he would have just gone like i'm just gonna beat you with folio of fancies he would have won the match easy he had it on turn two all three games and it was yeah. great i had it in one of my sealed pools on arena and was just like oh how many cards are in your deck oh 13 Milieu for four, milieu for four, milieu for four. I win the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you have to empty your hand. And if you do, it's like, fine, we'll both draw four yeah. next turn, milieu for four. That card's really good. It gives you, like, an alternate win condition. Like, I think the mill deck is kind of real. Mm-hmm. I think in draft especially. Yeah. Like, there's just enough stuff that incidentally mills. That if you just take it all, you'll have a good deck. Right. Uh, no surprise, like, bacon to a pie is really good. The black removal in general is really good. And the red removal is better than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, the red removal. The one that like deals five, it has adamant deal three yeah. to the play. I didn't realize it was instant. Yeah. I got blown out a few times on Arena where I tried to like play a fight spell and then just got got. Yeah. The 4-4 four, four common wolf with mm-hmm. trample makes a food makes a is food. really good. Like it, it supports the food stuff. Yep. And it's just a big body that's good with uh, out muscle yep. or bear suplex. <laughs> I was pretty happy with Ginger Brute too. 
oh god yeah ginger brute is like effectively a one one unblockable mm-hmm. and then people just put pants on him if there's a lot of good pants in the set too yeah like you know become a giant or rose thorn hybrid giant skewer yeah so you just are able to uh make him so he's like a relevant clock yeah. yep and i lost a few games to just like ginger brute with pants, pants. and you know you know, a good sealed pull might have six pieces of removal. Right. And if you don't draw one of those six, mm-hmm. or you had to like spend it on something else, and then there's just a ginger brute killing you. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I'm at four. I have four turns. I'm dying to this one mana one one. Yeah. <sighs> I don't have any haste creatures in my deck. I'm black green. It's slither blade. It's <laughs> slither blade. <laughs> I think that for me, I think black is probably the best color. Yeah, I agree. Like, you've got the best removal, and, like, for the controlling strategies, you mm-hmm. have forbidden or foreboding fruit. Yeah, cards to kind are of really re- good. To refill. And then the creatures are fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a two-mana 2-2 two, two with, like, upside. Mm-hmm. And then I think I like pairing blue with it the most, but I had Lockmere Serpent both times, yeah. so I don't know how much it was just, like, Lockmere Serpent. <laughs> but, like, uh, which is well, like... Yeah early to like fix your like land drops uh, and then late to kind of refill Quick is super of, good burst of cards uh, turn into a pumpkin mm-hmm. uh, is like is good like type that like bounces a card and bounces yeah. something and draws a card what is it unexplained vision four and a blue draw three yeah. adamant scry three yeah. that card is really good as well the yeah. format's like slow enough with people like missing land drops yeah. or missing <laughs> missing, missing colors yeah that like you can consistently cast it, yeah, and then just like set up your draws for the rest of the game. I know neither of us have drafted yet, but what do we think about the draft environment? A lot of times you can kind of draw some parallels from sealed to draft. I watched Kenji draft like the sickest food deck imaginable. He yeah. like cast a turn three um, seven seven with the magic beans or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I think that the adventure deck is probably going to be real. Yeah, the, green the adventure white deck, adventures. The the one mana green uncommon yeah. is great. So, um, pro tip: don't cast them on turn one yeah. unless you have like your adventure creature rolled up. Right. If you can do something like turn two, play him, and then uh, flex an intruder to yeah. get your card. Right. Like, make sure you get paid before you like just run him out there to get him like you know killed with a two mana removal spell. Make yeah. sure you can get your card. Like, yeah. plan ahead. Lucky Clover, you just that card un- is gross. You like annihilated me with it. Like yeah. I kept a hand game two that had uh, an Ember Shieldbreaker in it, yeah. and like it was there just for Lucky Clover. Yeah, like I'm not casting this until there's a Clover to blow up. Yeah, I mean if you can Clover into the Tree Folk and put four counters on your creatures, that's insane. Yeah, you're like stupid one mana flyer, yeah. or like Guide Mother make something big yeah. attack. Play Guide Mother, put four counters on it. Yeah. Also, uh, I had to explain this to someone. If you play um, Animating Fairy, the yeah. adventure side, yeah, you can't double target your uh, Clover. Right. It's got to be two different two different targets because it says um, non creature. Non creature. So yeah. the second half fizzles. Um, the same thing works with Giant Killer. Well, it kind of works with Giant Killer. So if you cast the Adventure of Giant Killer with a Lucky Clover out. Mm-hmm. The copy is going to resolve first. Yeah, and then it kills the giant killer. And then the giant killer is going to go to your graveyard because the original doesn't resolve. So you don't get to cast it for 
But like Lake Clover is a May, correct? So you don't have to right, make a copy? Yeah. Uh, no. You may choose new targets. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a May. Gotcha. So, so. I might have messed that up because I was just like, yeah, you can't do that. But yeah, I think the adventure deck is real. It seems like there's enough support there. Mm-hmm. I think blue black control slash blue black mill mm-hmm. is definitely like a reasonable archetype somewhere. Yeah. Uh, limited Nick is super excited <laughs> for this. Yeah, he's definitely going to cast some fairies. Yeah, those archetypes seem like they're well supported, like food, yeah. adventure, and just like a mill slash like mm-hmm. you know blocking idiot strategy. Yeah, I also think that knights is probably deep enough to have like two people in knights at a table. Yeah, and you could definitely be like black white knights yeah. in red black or red white knights. Right. Like have a have a split. I don't know what's the I guess the red black gold card is the knight equipment. Yeah. Right, but you have the black white death touch knight and you have the the uh, Night Lord. The Night Lord yep. in red white. So like you could probably have two different knight archetypes. Yeah. Like drafted at your table. I think food hardcore food can't support like two people. Right. But like I think that other than the removal, right, like you could be you could have a food drafter, mm-hmm. a black green food, and then like a blue black control. Mm-hmm. But the problem is is like you're fighting over the removal at that point. Yeah. You'd prefer like black white knights and red white or red something knights, yeah, because then you get all the red removal mm-hmm. if you're the if you're the red drafter. But I guess blue green just like blue green big stuff. Yeah, it's big. It's ramp, and it's fine. Yeah, like, it's okay. Like beanstalk giant, the fact that it doesn't have like any other text. Yeah, it's kind of awkward. Yeah, like and there's enough like it seems like there's enough little creatures running around. Mm-hmm. Another thing that like you take for granted is, and I started to see this. The scry on the one black black two three night yeah. seems super random, but the mana is so bad. You need it. It just lets you like yeah. dig to your lands or dig to the spells you can cast. Yeah, I was every time I played black at almost every one of them, and every time I saw that stupid two three scry two night in my opening hand, I was super happy. You're like, oh, I might actually get to like participate yeah. in this game now. Yep. I was like. I have Swamp Swamp in this. I need to just rip another land, yep. anything, and then, like, my hand works. Yep. You didn't. I didn't expect that card to, like, matter. Yeah. But it seems to matter because they really want, and this is something to consider, too, when you're drafting. Mm-hmm. There might be, like, a black-white drafter, but there might be just a mono-black drafter. Yeah. Or, like, mono or, you know... 18 black cards splash five of another color. I think there's going to be a lot of almost monocolor, if not monocolor decks. Yeah, I mean, there's incentive for it for sure. The rares are all multicolor. Yeah. Or all like color, color, color. The lands want you to play one color. And the, um, there's the hybrid cards. Yeah. That, right, if you're, you know, blue green, you can't play the green, red one. The green, red one. You just can't. Right. But it's super powerful, so maybe you skew yourself to be green yeah. with a little bit of blue and like casting a five five on turn five yeah. is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that it's not gonna be the traditional two color drafting. I think you're gonna have at least one or two people in your pod that are just like monocolor. Yeah. I opened Gadwick the Wizened yeah. and he's blue, blue, blue. I'm blue. Yeah. Also, if you're drafting and you open Gadwick the Wizened, and then in your next pack you open 
whatever the like black 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 elf is <laughs> no you yeah, can't do, do both yeah don't do you it you gotta pick one <laughs> if you're like you know what i was blue black and i think this is better than gadwick fine yeah but you can't like you can't really play both no Gadwick's a little different, but like you can't play like the green, green, green guy and the black, black, black guy. You'll never cast either of them. No. The number of games that I was like, oh, I have one swamp (sighs) and it's baked (laughs) in a pie in my hand. Yeah. Oh my God. Super high. So you think there's uh, anything that we missed that might make its way into standard? Um, I don't know offhand. I mean, I know we talked about Garrick. Yeah. And I know that Planeswalkers are always super bomby and limited, but every time I saw a Garrick hit the battlefield, the game ended. You weren't watching my games. I wasn't watching your games. I had to grind out a few Garrick games where I used the uh, Malevolent Noble Yeah, to sack my own wolves to get to the Garrick emblem so then I could emblem and kill my opponent. That happened a few times where I was like, yeah. I'm going to die. I guess I need to like... That's pretty sweet, though. Put an extra 30 power on the board and kill you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like having like the the Noble plus Garrett gives you like a sack outlet. Yeah. Uh, it just seemed like he like instantly stabilizes you. Yeah. And then like they can't make any progress. Like unless they have a straight removal spell for Garrick, they can't make any progress towards getting Garrick off the board because he just stays big. Yeah. I had an opponent play a Garrick and make two wolves, and I killed him in the air the next turn. Like, yeah. like don't just like fall in love with make wolves. Right. Like he needed to like kill, kill your, a flyer. Yeah. Uh, also, what was the other interaction? Oh, think about like the repercussions of killing a wolf. Right. Played a Garrick, played a wolf. They attacked it for like three or four in the air. Yeah. And then I attacked the next turn with wolves, and they blocked one wolf to kill it. And then they they could have just chumped the other wolf, yeah. but they blocked it as well. Yeah. And then I played uh, a reach blocker, the spider, the one five. Yeah. And then they couldn't deal enough damage to kill my Garrick because right. they gave it that one extra loyalty. So think about like maybe I take this four damage, mm-hmm. or maybe I just chump or I take the two, yeah. so that I can definitely kill the Garrick. Yeah. Like do that math in your head because it's it's weird. You don't usually think about like well if I kill this creature. This planeswalker is gonna get more loyalty. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's not, that's not calculus you think of. Yeah, I think that's about it for pre-release. I don't know yeah. if there is anything else that might make nothing. You think might have slipped through the cracks? No, nothing that. Well, I mean, there's uh, the dance with the dance in the mance. Yeah. Doom foretold deck, which I don't think either one of us saw. No, coming at all. No, but that deck looks interesting. I'm definitely gonna put it together. It's like yeah. right up my alley. I think I tweeted out a list, and then uh, Brian Gottlieb won fandom yeah. on Wednesday with the list. He suggested some changes mm-hmm. uh, from his original list, but but yeah, I don't think there's anything that like from pre-release that I feel like we super missed that I played and was like, oh wow. All right. Again, like Lockmere Serpent, but like that's just a control yeah. finisher, and like they're just better versions of that. Right. Arena time. Yeah. What about arena? We already touched on this before. I think that once Star City gives us like the day two metagame, mm-hmm. we'll start like figuring stuff out. Yeah. I think it's important, especially especially early, to we're not gonna be uniform, but right. in the like off meta stuff, make sure you kinda put what the deck Yeah, so we can track was, it. So it can be like, oh, okay, there were like fifteen people who played against 
black red aggro and we don't right. have that maybe we need to throw black red aggro in as a deck mm-hmm. or i know some people have like got at us and been like hey can you add deck x or y yeah and i've made that switch like the next week so just be if you're like seeing a lot of something yep let us know let us know and like i can cycle something out yep and, and that'll, then, that'll be next week right that'll be next week so the okay. star city event will be this Saturday and Sunday. It's a team event. Yep. But they're probably going to spend most of their time on standard. They always do. And then, like, that Sunday, I'll make the list off of the day two metagame mm-hmm. as best I can. Yep. And then we'll start it then. Yep. So until then, you should uh, hop on our Twitter and check out the sweet list Brian's been posting. Yep. I will send some more stuff out that, that comes across. And uh, post up some of your own lists also. Yeah. And then I, this is uh, my seasonal uh, new sta- new set ritual. It's a great way to do it. Which is play a bunch of seals. Yep. So my win rate was not great. I won a little over 50% of my matches. Mm-hmm. Now, strangely, the ideal way to do it is like win exactly 50% yeah. and just go 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Like, again, like two threes like just murder you. Yeah. Uh, one threes are even worse. Uh, I had one of those, but so I, again, put 50 bucks in and we'll put in a hundred and spent half. And that said, there should be enough for five seals. I got 11 out of it. Yeah. That's awesome. So that plus, so that's 33 prize packs from just participating in the seals. Then the, like the nine packs from codes from the arena codes and then play L drain. Yeah. Capital P capital E got me uh, up to 42 packs and then I just I save all my gold all season yeah and so I cashed in enough gold I think 118,000 gold to get to open 160 packs that's a lot of packs I now have a complete playset of all the commons uncommons and rares that's awesome and I have a playset of Oko's because I was like yeah he's good <laughs> so and I have enough like mythic wild cards that I can like cobble together like the any any mythic that pops up that I want to play. Yeah. If you're willing to like spend fifty bucks and yeah. you can like break even, like it gets you the whole basically the whole set. Yeah. And that's cool that you can save just save up your gold from that point on and blow it the next. Yeah, that's release. exactly what I do. I basically yeah. just I just get my four wins every day because that's like a thousand gold. Yeah. And then other random like you know challenges or dailies mm-hmm. yep. that all adds up and that's basically 110 to 130,000 gold each time. Yeah. So I didn't, the only thing I did a, a little like tricksy is I did like about halfway through my seals mm-hmm. go and everything, every uncommon I had like three of, I just like topped off to Finish four place uh, just to get a little more vault progress. Yeah. So even doing all that and opening all those packs, I only got like, like a hundred and like thirty percent vault progress. Yeah, I had like five hundred percent, so I had five redemptions, and I have like six forty or six thirty. So even opening all those packs, it doesn't move you. What are you saving vault lower. redemptions for? I like to keep track of how much I have. <laughs> I don't need the. I don't need any of the wild cards. The I have like thirty nine rare wild cards right yeah. now, <laughs> and I have sixteen mythic wild cards. Like if I need wild cards, I can like go in. Yeah. Uh, I saw Kenji doing it. Kenji like made it a game. He was up to like twelve hundred percent at one point. Jeez. <laughs> watching that, watching that uh, video today, I saw how many gems he had. I'm assuming it's a lot from winning. Yeah, five hundred twelve thousand gems. Wow. I was like, dear God! Like you just like 
you can go super cold and never ever yeah. have to put any money into never. this game again. Never ever. You are now infinite. <laughs> Congratulations. Also, if you've been playing, they sent out an email mm-hmm. um, that gave you like your statistics oh, how many yeah. matches you've played how many packs you'd opened yeah uh how much gold you had earned and stuff i wish that was just a menu i could go click on in the go game look at, yeah yeah like i would totally look at that <laughs> uh but it was neat it was neat to see like, I was like oh i've opened i think it was like 810 packs yeah, or something 709 yeah it was so like i was like oh this is neat yeah, it's kind of cool yeah also, like playing the Seals on Arena, one, you get a sense of the format, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I did pretty well at the Seals this weekend. Yeah, because you had already played some. I played so, so much. Yeah. But it is different, like, the best of one format mm-hmm. where, like, my opponent went, you know, turn six Garrick, turn seven zero Garrick again, play uh, Realm Cloak Giant. Yeah. Uh, like the Wrath. Woo! And I was just like, well, maybe I could have won this match if right. that didn't happen all three games. Right. Uh, well, if it happened in the second game, I wouldn't have won anyway. But <laughs> if it doesn't happen again, but like the, the it just ends. Yeah. So like you know, don't get like don't get discouraged if you right, if you don't like do great on the arena things because like sometimes yeah. it's just like in this set you missed your second color and your opponent didn't yeah it happens in sets with no fixing yeah now if you played like four of them and you missed like you're missing colors of mana all the time maybe reevaluate how you're building your mana bases <laughs> but like i had a deck that went 5-3 that was great but i lost to mythic yeah mythic into mythic yeah and mythic and i was like huh so like if, this, if these were like matches, maybe like I lose the game to the mythic, but then get the match. Yeah. So don't get they super... don't see the mythic or you have an answer. Or yeah. Something. So don't yeah. get like super discouraged if like it's just like oh man, like they just like I just am getting crushed. Sometimes you yeah. just run bad in these best of one formats. Yeah. But if you can get like three three, that makes each sealed cost like eight hundred. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, that means you can play twelve on fifty bucks. Right. So like I had a couple five threes, but then I had a like a two a two th- two two threes and a one three. Yeah, those rough. hurt you way more than like a five three or like I had a six three as well. Like then yeah. those help you. Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely the way to go. I think because mm-hmm. if you enjoyed the sealed, which I had my moments. Like I think towards the end, I was enjoying it a little bit more because I had it figured out a little bit more. I really liked exploring this set, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not like I'm I'm definitely a spike. But uh, I was kind of enjoying the flavor of this set a little bit. Yeah, it was neat. It's kind of a different change of pace from, like, War of the Spark that we've had. Yeah, it's definitely not the, like... The doom and gloom. Yeah, the big, like, world-ending event is yeah. coming, but, like, most magic sets are. Like, we go yeah. to... Like, every plane just seems to be in turmoil. Yeah. This plane, like, the story is more like... It's a fairy eh, tale. It's a little goofy, but, yeah. you know... Uh, also, if you're into... Oh, what is it? Uh, story. Mm. There's a TCG video series called Magic Arcanum. Oh yeah, with Ryan really Gomez. Yeah. And for this one, he's like, I read this book, so you didn't have to. I really <laughs> took a bullet for all of you. Um, but like, you know, it's like, here's the story in half an hour. Yep. 
and they do like they've done like profiles in like Nissa and Chandra. Yeah, he does a good job of condensing information and blasting yeah, it. It's out like, there. hey, here's thirty minutes like a yeah. background, and I'm not super into the story, but like I'm like I enjoy you. Yeah. Bald man, yeah. let us let me let me click on you. Yeah, he's entertaining. Yeah, so I think that's definitely worth like yeah like a watch. Like it now, just like the algorithm knows I will watch him. So <laughs> when a new one so comes up, I'm you. like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, it is different. The thing like I said, the thing I didn't like was I felt like with uh, in sealed with all the color, color, color cards. Yeah, like if you opened two of them, you had to pick one to play. Right. We've been spoiled that you would get like. Maybe two dual lands in your color. Right. Or you would get four dual lands that like shared one of your colors. So you could kind of play like Whatever a mishmash of like yeah. different things. And this is like you've got swamps and you've got mountains. I hope you draw them in the right order and ratio. Yeah. I mean, we played a game that you lost because like you just kept saying, I need a red source. Yep. And, and I then, had six black sources. Yeah. And then I bounced your banner. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a red source. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you just like, you just have games like that and that's not super fun. Yeah. Uh, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like the set was good. Like I said, when I settled into like, I'm just going to try to draw as many cards as possible and fix my mana that way. Well, drawing yeah. cards is fun. And like, it lets you do it. Like, and again, the scry cards are really powerful. Yeah. More like, than they normally would be. Yeah, just because you're like, oh my god, like these are two red cards. I gotta throw these on the bottom and hope that this is a swamp. Like yeah. I'm now three cards. I'm two cards deeper to mountain. Yeah. So I can actually play this game. So have we seen uh, many trends yet for new standard? I know we mentioned a couple decks. Again, like the things that have like popped up is uh, at the first Phantom tournament, a lot yeah. of people played like blue green something yeah so oko and friends so there was like a blue green like food deck Mm -hmm. where like they were doing a wicked wolf Mm -hmm. uh where they just make it like a flame tongue cava or a a giant chupacabra yeah because you have the foods and oko just is busted and they have like the hydrate crisis like ramp payoff stuff yeah uh there's the dance in the man stack a couple people play like red black aggro Mm -hmm. but uh as predicted and then it was brought up when they were going over the uh, when uh, Arena Decklist is going over all those decklists. Mm-hmm. They were like, "It's four blood crypts and then swamps and mountains." Yeah, like this mana Man is, is like awful. Like you can't actually play this as a deck. Yeah, because right, like you need like swamp into like your two drops are all red black. Yeah. Your one drops are all black. Your two drops are red black, and then your three drops are some of them are one black black. Right. And you're like, I, I can't do yeah, all the of mana this. mana doesn't work. People are super hyped for mono black. Yeah. Mono black has like garbage two drops, but it's one drops are really strong with mm-hmm. like Knight of the Ebon Legion. Yeah. And then it's three drops are kind of bonkers with a uh, Rotting Regisaur and Spawn of Mayhem. Yeah. So like there are people that are hyped for like a mono black like aggro deck. Like I said, the two drops are a little eh, but it, it seems like people think that that deck might have legs. Yeah. Um, really big ones to go with tiny short arms. Tiny short, yes, <laughs> to stomp on things after yeah. you discard cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, mono green might be a thing. Yorvo. Yorvo and Questing Beast. Yeah. The problem is, is that deck and kind of mono black to some degree are held down by 
uh, Dance of the Mance. Yeah. Because it's just Esper Control and it's playing like right. five main board Wraths. Yeah. And then an extra Wrath in the board. Like if your goal is to play Green Idiot into Green Idiot into Green Idiot, you better hope that they are dead. Yeah. On turn four, or they're gonna just Kaya's wrath you. Yeah, and then and, you're gonna be dead. Yeah, and then you're just gonna die like 17 turns later. Yeah. So I think that's kind of a question of like which, like if one deck is good, I think another deck can't be good. Yeah. Same with like mono red. Like mono red is a thing. Like I saw a deck. I didn't tweet it out because how hype can you get for mono red? But it's just like the cavalcade deck from. The core 2020 standard. Yeah. I think they put in like Fervent Knight over one of the garbage one drops. Okay. And uh, they play Angry Dwarf. Yeah. That deck, I think, runs into the same problem. Like right. it needs, needs a bunch of creatures. And if you they get like swept. Yeah. Or the dance decks like, well, I'm going to get rid of Planar Cleansing in the main. And I'm going to put in uh, Cry of the Carnarium just to have like uh, an earlier turn way to like which is vengeance yeah to kill a bunch of stuff yeah which is vengeance also good right i think you're in a bad spot there yeah but i think early on that deck's probably really good because mm-hmm. people are going to be doing some like dumb dirtly stuff yep so i think that's that's those are the things i've seen laying around like that have come up yeah i think that about covers it yeah we were right in that i think blue green big stuff yeah might be one of the better decks yeah and there might be a blue green like mid range wicked wolf deck. Yeah, feasting troll king is good if you cast it. It seems like the the, the jury the jury isn't... is out on like the reanimation part. Yeah, like just like a seven six they have to kill twice. Yeah, and there aren't there aren't really I guess there's still um, prison realm, mm-hmm. but there aren't a ton of like exile effects at least right now that yeah, are getting that's true. played. Like, I don't know if you're going to play the one in the black uh, sorcery to no, exile something. I like, think I don't think so. that's standard playable. Yeah. So, like, if you play Troll King, they have Do to kill it twice. People still play uh, Conclave Tribunal? Maybe. I haven't seen them. In the list that I've, like, seen, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Like, that's more of, like, a go-wide deck, and I don't know. I haven't seen a go-wide deck yeah. that's, like, white. Because, like, you know, you lost Benalish Marshall. Right. And locks it on might be good enough, but it might not be. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But, I mean, you do have, like, white, 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 white make four one ones. Yes. Which might just be fine. <laughs> and Sam Black is super hype for uh, green, white, or green, black adventure. I think it's green, black. Okay. With the innkeeper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Innkeeper, and then, like, you're just playing Murderous Riders yeah. and all the adventure stuff, and you're just drawing a million cards. So did you see somebody posted, I don't remember if it was Facebook or Twitter, but somebody posted the uh, Lucky Clover with um, the Spectre? Oh, you just, like, mind twist them? Yeah. Four mana, discard four. I'm. I could be, that could be good. Yeah. I don't know if he was playing that, but he might, because like, he was talking yeah. about Luck and Clover being good as well. Yeah. Actually, I think that was on Reddit. I think yeah. I saw that on Reddit. I don't know if it's powerful enough, but it might be. Like, Lucky yeah. Clover, like, if your adventure cards are, like, Murderous Rider, Kill Two Things. Yeah. That seems real good. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. PV played, like, Four Color Wolves in the Phantom event. Four Color Wolves? Uh, Black for Garrick, white for Tulsimir, blue for Oko. Okay. And then Wicked Wolf and Night Pack, uh, Night Pack Ambusher. 
and he was like, maybe it should just be Bant. Like Garrick might've been a step too far, but like you have all the wolf synergies with Tulsimir, like all your wolves just come in, gain you three life and you fight. Yeah. Like mono red can never beat that. I had actually seen Abzan wolves drop in the blue. Yeah. Like yeah. you could also do Abzan wolves with Garrick and yeah. you just drop in. Like if your, if your Garrick becomes like plus two, gain six life, kill a thing. Yeah. Put two loyal, uh, like that only has to happen once. Right. And you probably <laughs> win the game. Yeah. Then you win. Yeah. So yeah, I think that there's a lot floating around. Mm-hmm. Like I think we talked about before the standard moves super fast. Yeah. And like standard is going to be quote unquote solved to the best like four to six decks, mm-hmm. probably by the end of next week. Probably, right? Like I don't think anything in like from core twenty standard, like the actual like standard that we had. Like mm-hmm. I don't think after like July there was like a new deck. It took a minute for Kethos to show up. Like, yeah. That was the last one. Yeah. And that, but that was, I think, at the end of July, beginning of August. Like, yeah. that was for the MCQ weekend. Yeah, that's true. And then it was just like, this is the format. Yep. So this is a significantly smaller set of cards. Yeah. So way smaller. All right. I think with that, we're probably done, right? Yeah, that probably ties up Arena. Um, oh, well, there's one more thing. Yeah, we've got. We went around the store and we're picking up garbage, and ended up with like. 20 arena codes out of the pre-release packs so if any of you guys out there uh didn't make it to pre-release and want six packs of throne uh hit us up yeah first come first serve yeah we don't have enough for everybody but us or you know probably better to dm so we're not putting like a live code in here yeah in, in the world yep but we can send you the code um so that you know if you're someplace that you don't have access to like pre-release mm-hmm. or something but you, they're, they're only one per account. Yeah. So if not, James would just have 60 packs of Throne on his on his computer right now. <laughs> yeah, screw you guys. I'm yeah, going screw home. You, screw you guys. <laughs> I'm going home. Uh, but yeah, so just uh, hit us up. We'll try to like uh, let people, help people out. I already sent one to my to our buddy Anthony because yep. I know he didn't go to a pre-release. Yep. So And he's excited to get back into Throne of Eldraine yep. or get back into Magic with Throne. So, yep. so that's cool. Yep. If you want to... Give us suggestions or uh, pump us for free packs. Uh, <laughs> hit us up on a casual uh, tripod on Twitter. Yep. Uh, casual tryhard MTG on Facebook. Uh, show at casual tryhard MTG.com. Um, or you can check our YouTube channel out, casual tryhard MTG. Probably the best way to get these codes is either Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. So. Like just messaging us. That way yeah. it's like a, a private thing. Yeah. I'm sure if you email us, we'll also hook you up. Yeah. It, yeah. It just might. Take, Take a, a minute before we get there, and yeah. maybe they'd be gone by then. So Yeah, so just try to get at us because we don't need to keep these. No. So help some people out. They're on the table directly above my trash can, so if nobody wants them, they will end up Whoop. in the trash can. Yeah, and I have a few to contribute, so. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we should have about 20 of them, so if anybody yeah. needs them or you got friends that want them or whatever, let us know. Yep. Yeah. Glad to help out. And with that, I think we'll catch you next time. Yep, we'll catch you guys at FNM.